Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm or how I keep things simple in my homeschool, but really it all always goes back to Jesus because I truly believe the remedy to clutter and chaos in this world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we desire the things of this world, and more naturally, we will simplify. So today, I have... Um, convinced Steve to join me on the episode and we are going to do a little double podcast here together. He had a snow day. He didn't have to go into a client today because it's snowing. So he's home and we are sitting here in the middle of a snowstorm that has passed and enjoying the beautiful view and we're going to talk to you guys about how we thrive as a one income family. And before I get to that, I want to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Apologia. Apologia has um, signed on to sponsor the Simply Living for Him podcast for the entire year. So we are so grateful for them and their support. So please visit them at Apologia.com. They have amazing resources for the Christian homeschooling family, or even if you don't homeschool, they have tons of awesome encouragement books, Bible studies, and tons of resources. So please visit them and thank them at Apologia.com. So Steve is here today. Say hi. Oh, hello. (laughs) And if you're following uh, lately on Instagram or Instagram stories, I was posting some really funny videos of us today while we were getting ready to podcast. So if you're following me over there at Instagram, let me know. And um, today we're going to talk, like I said, about how we have thrived, not just survived, but I think we've thrived as a one income family. And I wanted to tell a little bit of our story as maybe an encouragement to somebody out there because many of you know that I always kind of consider us a work-at-home family because Steve now has his own business and he um, mostly works out of the house actually at a client, but he is technically a um, work-at-home self-employed. And so... Um, I wanted to talk about, you know, that journey a little bit, but mostly how we have managed, and I want to encourage you guys, you know, not just if you're starting your own business, but just encourage you guys that you can be a one-income family in today's day and age. I've heard many times the, um, the statement that it's not possible to be a one-income family anymore, and that um, it's... You know, it's definitely maybe not easy, but it's definitely possible. But I've also heard that, you know, many people feel they have to work and they don't have a choice. So we were hoping to maybe, um, if that's how, that's the situation you're in, that maybe you could just see things a little bit differently and how it really is possible not to even just survive, but to thrive as a one income family. So I'm going to tell you our story a little bit. And like I said, I hope it would encourage you or even start a discussion over there on the Facebook page and let me know what your thoughts are. Um, we got married, Steve and I got married when, how old were you? Do you remember? 24. You were 25. I was 24. I think you had turned 25 already. Okay. 2000. That would make me 25. Yeah. So we were um, just getting out of college because both of us were like on the more than four-year plan in college. We got and married and I graduated the same day. 
He got, we got married in May and he graduated that May and he didn't even go to his graduation because we were on our honeymoon. So we got married right out of college. I think I had graduated back in January of that year, technically. Um, but yes, so we were right out of college, 24, 25 years old. And, um, we were married and let's see, we got married in May and I became pregnant with Grace in July. So two months later, and we knew, at least I knew, that I always wanted to be a mom. Um, I had a few jobs before we got married, and my very favorite one, and the only one I really loved, was being a nanny. And I knew that deep down I always just wanted to be a mom, and I wanted to um, stay home with my kids, and, you know, um, that was sort of my aspiration at the time. So... We got married, pregnant with Grace in two months. You know, we're young. Most people would say that's crazy. A lot of people, I think, I don't know, Steve, if you remember, but a lot of people, I think, when they found out we were pregnant right away, first of all, it was by choice. Like, we want, we were fine with that. It wasn't like, oh, no, what are we going to do? We were, we were thinking once we got married that we were ready to have children. A lot of people, their attitude at that time was, don't you want to enjoy being married first? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I do. It, it was, uh, you know. Take some time together on your own together and, you know, be free. Yes. And so it was like the stigma was already on us because it was like, oh, you don't want to enjoy being married first. And I remember thinking, no, we, this is enjoyable to us. We want to have children. So, you know, at our, at back in that time, that was in the year 2000, you know, the culture was changing just as it's changing now even more than ever where people weren't getting married as young anymore. And, you know, looking to have your career and get settled and do all those things and then get married and then have children like, you know, after you, um, did all the things you wanted to do, then it was time to get married and have children. And we were sort of the opposite. It was like, no, these are the things we want to do. And then we'll add everything into that. So, um, anyway, that was just our point of view. Again, I'm telling our story and by no means, if this is not anything similar to your story, does it mean that you did things wrong? (laughs) This is just the way our story went. And I hope it would encourage you out there. Um, so we were married young, um, Steve had just graduated college, and here we were with a baby on the way. And um, I had known, I mean, it wasn't even a question to me that I would stay home with Grace when she was born. And not only did I uh, quit my job when she was born, I quit my job early into the pregnancy. So I quit my job because I was very sick early on with her. I was nauseous all day long. And I was driving an hour to work and an hour home and then obviously being at work eight hours. And it was nearly impossible in those early days of pregnancy. And Steve said he had just gotten his first like real big job. He was out of college. He had gotten a job in the city. And uh, we thought he was going to be making tons of money to us at the time. It seemed like tons. It's not now, but... So he was like, if you want to quit your job now, quit your job now because you're going to quit anyway. The winter's coming. And I remember him saying, I don't want you driving to work, you know, and the bad weather and you're pregnant and you're not feeling well. Um, So we made the decision that I quit my job early on and I was already home, you know, before she was even born. So the funny thing is if you like the culture would look at that and say how irresponsible and crazy we were. Were we irresponsible and crazy? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. We <laughs> but we had um, we had a faith in God that that um, and it's only grown so much since then. But that this was, you know, what 
we felt that God wanted for us. And if that's what he wanted, he would see it through. So um, let's see, I was pregnant with Grace. Uh, she was due in April. I had her in March. And January 31st, Steve lost his job. So here I was with, you know, and you guys have probably heard this story a million times when we've talked about um, on other episodes about Steve losing his job and how we've handled that over the years. But here I was, newly married, young. Um, I had no job and preparing to be a stay-at-home mother, and Steve loses his job, you know, two months before the baby's coming. So... The funny thing is, when I was preparing for this episode, I thought to myself, it never even really crossed my mind that I would go get a job in the middle of all this. Like, okay, well, when the baby's born, I better go get a job. It, like, it didn't, it just didn't cross my mind because, see, our our verse for our life since we've gotten married, since we got married, was always Matthew six thirty three, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you. And I feel like that verse has carried us through our entire marriage and continues every single day. Um, more and more and more, I see it evident in our lives. And back then, it was like, no, this is this is what we want for our life, and we will figure out with God's help how to make it work. Not okay. Steve lost his job. We're young. This baby's coming. We need to do everything we you know can right now. It was like we're going to rest in Him, knowing that He will take care of us. Now, I'm not saying that in an irresponsible way. We were both like okay, we'll just figure God will take care of us and we don't have to do anything. Steve obviously was um, actively searching for a job and he did get one shortly after she was born and it all worked out. However, the, the it wasn't like we were trying to um, do it in our strength. We just knew that if we seek him first, it'll all fall into place. Do you remember all those things? Mm-hmm. At, at the time too, I mean... We were blessed with the fact that we were living, our living situation didn't have us having a mortgage or, right. you know, so. Everything. We were very blessed. I will say that um, when we first got married, we had an arrangement with my parents that we would live actually in the house that I grew up in. They were moving, they moved out, and we were paying them rent. And it was a very reasonable rent. And of course, when he lost his job, it was like, okay, you know, you don't have to worry about the rent right now if you can't. So we had it, you know, definitely we were blessed with that. But I give that glory all to God. He obviously was providing for us, and he knew that um, it was all... If we followed him, it would all be okay. So anyway, we knew that if we were to follow our convictions and follow what God was had always placed in my heart, that my job was going to be to be home with my children, that it would be okay. Um, I remember actually I joined one of these stay-at-home mom groups when Grace was first born, and I just remember feeling so out of place because everybody was much older, and I guess they had had their careers, and then they decided to have babies and stay home. And here I was, this young girl, they would look at me like, oh, like this happened to you. Like it was a bad thing. I was like, I want to be home with my kids. I want, this is what I want. So anyway, it's just interesting. I think our culture feeds into us that we are supposed to establish a career first, or we are supposed to do these really big things before we become a mom. And for me, the big thing was becoming a mom. It wasn't like I had to achieve other things first and then I could, you know, settle down and be a mom. 
being a mom was what I wanted to achieve and what I wanted to do. And I knew that staying home with my kids, it was like a non-negotiable, like we were going to make it work. Um, and I think our culture tells us nowadays that you know, it's a luxury if, you, if you're so lucky to get to stay home with your kids. And really, you know, it's, it's something you can do if you truly put your mind to it. If, if I, when I was writing notes for this and I realized all the things we've done and we've been able to make it work, that if we could do it, anyone can. You know, young, having a baby right away, losing the job right away, and still sticking to our conviction that we are going to make this work. Now, I'm not going to say we were rich, that's for sure in the beginning, because we said so many times how we'll like try to explain to our kids now, like we really had no money, like ordering a pizza was a big deal. And pizza was like $8 at the time. So, you know, it wasn't easy to live that way. Um, but I also think it's good to live that way sometimes because you, we don't take for granted now at all. We remember what it was like. So um, anyway, Steve got a job and we were able to um, move forward. And within Grace was one when we ended up buying our first home. And so it is definitely doable. And I will remind you guys, we live in New Jersey. It's one of the most expensive places to live. Our property taxes are high. Homes are high. Um, it is an expensive place to live. And we still made it work. So we have gone through losing a job early on. Then Steve lost his job two more times and four kids later. And it still never crossed my mind. Like, oh, well, you know, I can't be home with them. I need to go get a job. It was always like, Steve was like, no. I mean, I've said that before, right? I've said like, I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts to get a job. Yeah, usually <laughs> when she's like, how much money do we have? If I ever stress about money or whatever, I'm like, I need to get a job. And so, um, you know, so that does cross my mind. But we know what our convictions are. And my job right now is to raise my kids and homeschool them. And, you know, God has provided abundantly because not only have we been able to continue as a one-income family, he has given me a source of income. You know, I do make some income over with my blogs and um, with Bible-based homeschooling, my other blogs specifically. Um, I do use that. And God... Um, totally gave me that idea to do one year when Steve was out of work was like, you know, to start a blog as a business. So I have been able to provide, you know, with my books and the different things that I do through ministry and through Bible-based homeschooling and simply living for him. So God has provided those things, but I never got into those things as like, well, this is what I'm going to do to make money. It was just the way it all sort of, um, happened. And so God has been providing the opportunities all along the way. Do you have anything to say? Because I'm just rambling over here. No, I think I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> I, you're running with the ball and you're doing fantastic. I don't even know why you have, need me here. <laughs> because you're the fun. You're fun and they want to hear from you. Because uh, every time I have you on a podcast, people say that they like hearing from oh, you. Well, well, thank you very much. <laughs> you're doing really good. Well, right? doing really well. Oh, sorry. You're doing really well. <laughs> I got homeschoolers listening to this. You're doing really well. Sorry. So anyway, we so we have made it work. So basically, my encouragement to you guys out there today is don't listen to the culture. If God has placed in your heart that you want to be home with your kids or that you can make it as a one-income family, and you're praying about that and you're seeking him first in everything, and you continue to seek him 
you can't go wrong. I mean, God is not going to set you up for something that he puts in your heart for you to fail, just like with homeschooling. When I sought him on that decision and I thought it was impossible, he has not only made it possible, he has provided abundantly more than I ever imagined through this whole experience. So, you know, he gives you a conviction. You stand on that. You don't stand on what the world promises you. You stand on what he promises you. And he has provided for us. So, again, if we can do it, young, uh, getting married right out of college, having a child within one year of getting married, having three more babies along the way after that, homeschooling all of our children, three job losses, living in New Jersey, um, you know, all of these things. If we could do it, then I guarantee you anybody else out there can. And some people struggle and they say, you know, we really can't. And there's a million different opportunities for you to, you know, make money from home or to start a business, especially nowadays with the internet. There are so many resources um, and opportunities. And like I have found with blogging, now I didn't get into blogging to do it as a source of income, but it did sort of unravel into that. And that has definitely helped our family. So there's a lot of different ways where you can make it work. So Steve is definitely the sole provider of our household. And I am so grateful for that. And I am so, um, I just love it. I love that he is the provider for our family. And, you know, I feel like we are following the way that God has led us in how um, a family, that's his phone. I'm just, instead of editing that out, I'm just going to tell you if you heard that, that's his phone texting going off, and it's a quacking sound. <laughs> so if you heard it, no, it wasn't our ducks. It was his phone. No, it's funny. So <clears throat> yeah, and one of the things I wanted to add to is when you're saying God providing, um, you know, it's how you look at the way God provides. Um, you know, I could say, well, God doesn't provide uh, me a BMW, or God doesn't provide me, you know. XYZ, like something that's above and beyond. Um, but I look at it and I say, God's provided me a mode of transportation right. that is a 10 year old truck that's paid for. Right. We're not um, fancy people, that's for sure. Right. So, you know, when you look at um, where you where God's providing and how He's providing, um, we have to kind of just take it as it is and say, well, this is what He's provided and this is what we need and we don't need above and beyond that. Absolutely. And, you know, people say, I can't stay at home, we can't afford to. But if you really were to evaluate your um, finances, I am sure there are ways where it is doable. So my goal today is really to encourage, not to say what we have chose is right. You know, that every family has to follow God. Don't follow what we do. But my goal would be to encourage you that if you want to be a one-income family and you feel that it's not possible, to encourage you that it is possible. And if that is where God wants you, he will certainly provide. Does it mean you're going to be rich? Probably not. We're certainly not rich. Are we content? Are we provided for? Are we more than provided for with what we have? Yes, because again... Um, you look at things of, you know, what's a necessity, you know, we don't need to have fancy new this and we're, you know, we live within our means and we have, um, been able to save. We have been able to have extra. We've been able to order pizza. It's not like back in the day where we couldn't order a pizza, you know, so God has certainly provided for us, but it may not look like, you know, the lifestyle of the rich and famous over here. We may, we have to live within our means. And we've chosen to cut out things that 
people might say like, oh, well, you know, that's just something you need, like say TV, right? Oh, yeah, we don't have TV. We have like, Netflix. Yeah, we have Netflix. So, but you know, we and we don't have a phone. Point. We just use we our cell yeah, phones. Yeah, we just have our cell phones. So, I mean, we do cut back in certain places to save so that we can use right. that money in other places. Absolutely. I mean, you really need to make a list of what things really matter to you the most. And at number one on my list from the time we got married was to raise my children and to be home with them. So then you figure out, okay, well, how do we make that work? Um, instead of having a list of things and then saying, and if I can do all those things, then I'd like to be home with my kids. It was always putting that was priority and then making it work. Everything else has to go around that. Um, and it's not looked at as a luxury if we're able to do it. It's okay. This is what we are doing and how do we do it? So the mindset has to change. Like I said, I think unfortunately our culture makes us feel, you know, there's a whole, I mean, it's a whole nother topic, but our culture will make us feel like if we are just a stay at home mom, that we are not accomplishing um, our true potential. And I am absolutely 100% fulfilled being home with my children more than anything else I could ever achieve in my life. So for me, again, I'm not saying for everybody, but for me, I think it is a number one priority that I am with my kids. And of course, because we've chosen the homeschooling lifestyle, um, that, that comes into play. There's just no way I could go out and get a traditional job, you know, nine to five right now, um, because we're, we've chosen that path. Okay, so let me see my little list here. Do you have anything to say while I look at my notes? Uh, no, I just think if you are looking to uh, stay at home, then um, there's ways to, I would say, like, you know, find money almost. You know, and I'm not talking about like looking in the couch, cushion, <laughs> even though in our house. Oh, we can you get a pizza. Can hit a gold mine <laughs> in the couch cushions and or underneath the car seats with a couple of uh, old french fries. Yes. But. Um, like what I mean by that is like we said, like we cut out TV, um, or and we don't go out to eat. Like in the beginning, we never went out to eat or, um, but who cares? We're home with our kids. Like, yeah, or like, you know, sometimes I'll go out and for lunch, like don't do that, you know, and that would save money. You look at that stuff over a course of a year and you're like, well, I could have had X amount of dollars. So it's just like Karen said, is like, if you evaluate and look at things that kind of become, uh, everyday expenses that you don't really think about and you're like, ah, that's okay. And you're like, well, what if I cut that out? And what if I cut that out? And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I have all this extra cash that I could, you know, I could possibly stay home and I wouldn't have to put towards, you know, whatever, um, that I have to go out and work for. And I know there are so many people out there that are like, no, I, we've really done that. We've gone through the couch cushion. We've done everything. We've cut out everything and I still can't afford it. We just can't afford it. And, you know, my heart goes out to those people. And what I really, again, would like to encourage you all today is to, you know, seek God. If you have a desire to be a one-income family or a work-at-home family, like I always refer to us now, where we've made, I feel like, our dreams come true, having our own business and being home together as a family. If you have those desires, we can't, you can't just afford to sit around and dream about it because time is ticking and it goes by. You must 
seek him wholeheartedly, like literally like praying about it every single day and asking the Lord instead of just dreaming about it, asking the Lord, because if he put that desire, now if that desire is in your heart from him, then he will see it through. And so asking him, Lord, why is this desire in my heart? How can we make this happen? And truly seeking him because when we got married, we didn't have this big outline plan. Oh my goodness, we didn't have any plan. Like, these are the things we're going to do. We didn't have one of these like stepped, you know, programs of in the first year we'll do this and the second year we'll do this. We literally just got into our marriage and took a leap of faith. Like we're going to um, have a family and Karen's going to raise the family at home. And then God just sort of would put all these things in our path as we went. We didn't have a big outline of like how we wanted it to look because what does the Bible say? It says we can plan all we want, but the Lord determines our steps. So you can make a plan, but if God has another plan for you, then you're just going against him. So you really need to seek him and make sure that the desires of your heart are really what his will is for you. And believe me, if it is his will for you, he will see it through. But you need to take those steps to pray about it and to seek him, to read your Bible, to um, get close to him and make sure you're hearing his voice correctly. But I encourage you, it is not impossible in this day and age to be a one-income family. Our society and our culture will tell you it is. Our society and our culture will also tell you a lot of other lies. So who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to God or are you going to listen to them? You know, even we felt it way back then in the year 2000 that amongst our friends at the time that we were sort of weird for getting married, even getting married at 24, 25 at that time um, was on the younger side. And I didn't think it was, but it was on the younger side. People were like, oh, you're getting married already. And then it was like, oh, you're having kids already. Um, But we knew that this was what we felt God wanted for our family and for our future. And we have, like I said, not only survived, we have thrived. We are not rich by any means, but we are provided for. We have enough. We have extra. We're able to give away our food here at Love's Farm in the summer because, you know, that's what we want to do with what God's given us. We know that every single thing we have is not ours. This beautiful little hobby farm and our property that we love so much, it's not ours. It's God's. And everything we do and everything he gives us is um, from him and we give back. So you may not be rich monetarily, The culture may look at you like you're crazy, but really, who cares, right? You are answering to God, not to the society around us. We were looked at, like I said, as having children young and getting married young. And wow, okay, now Steve lost his job three times. Karen, when are you going to get a job? (laughs) And still, we just stuck to our convictions, knowing that if this was the Lord's will for our family, he would see it through. And he has provided abundantly. He's provided through growing this amazing ministry at Simply Living for Him and my other website, Bible-Based Homeschooling, growing this podcast. I can't believe it every week when I get emails from you guys or comments out there about how many of you are enjoying the podcast. He's given me opportunities to write books, to go speaking at conventions. He's given Steve opportunities with his business, and he's been growing his business. God's been growing 
growing his business um, every single year. Um, we're going on five years of being a work-at-home family this March when five years ago I thought it was the craziest thing we could ever do. And here we are um, not only surviving but thriving as a one-income as a solely one income family, because I do make some money. <laughs> but as a, as I would say, Steve solely supports us. And we have been able to do that all by God's provision and not in our own strength. Do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, i just say that, um, you know, being uh, someone who owns his own company and uh, has a lot of time to spend with the kids. People always, you know, say, oh, you know, you only work, you know, I work on site at a place and they'll say, oh, you're only here, you know, three days a week and this and that, you know, you know, don't you have to work more time, this and that. And my whole thing is that um, my time with kid, my kids is like, like almost like money spent that I can never get back, right? That money, that time with them is very important. And I can never get that time back. And I have the rest of my life to make money and to work and um, put time into that. Um, but the time that I have with them now is really important. So I don't know. I'm so lucky that you feel that way. <laughs> yes, he's the best. So um, anyway... I agree, though. It's like your return on your investment, right? We're investing in our kids right now. We're investing, and Steve invests a lot in his kids, and in, um, that's where we see the fruit of our labor is investing in them. And what will we be rich in someday? A legacy that will go down through generations that hopefully we have raised our children well and that will live on through the generations, not that we made a ton of money and you know, because our poor kids will be left with nothing if we have to leave them that kind of legacy. <laughs> um, but it really is possible nowadays to be a one-income family. Don't let anyone tell you different if that is the desire in your heart. Don't ever feel anything less because you are just a stay-at-home mom because stay-at-home moms are what really hold the fabric of our society together. So it is... Um, a very noble profession, and um, there is nothing wrong with it. And if you want to be a one-income family, it is not only possible, it is doable with God's help and his strength. Um, there was one other thing I was going to say. While you were talking, I thought about, and then I lost my train of thought. Say something else so I can think of it. <laughs> Sing a song. Do something. I don't know. <laughs> No, I just put him on the spot. I don't know. It'll come back to me. But um, anyway, so we just wanted to get on here together today. And if you're out there and you have questions, you can comment on the Facebook page if you have comments about it. Um, or if you're at one of the conventions coming up in the spring, we'll be at the Teach Them Diligently conventions. Um, four out of the six conventions, I'll be in Nashville, Atlanta, Rogers, Arkansas, and Myrtle Beach. And then in North Carolina, we'll be at the North Carolina State Convention um, the end of May. So you can always come see us there and we can talk more about it because, you know, it really is... Um, it is something that I think people look at and sometimes they want, like how can we have our own business or how can we be a work-at-home family or a one-income family or whatever it is. And we certainly don't have all the answers, but we know and that we you know, follow God first and he has made this all possible. And we would encourage you to do the same. Um, 
I never thought of what I was going to say, but that's okay. Um, I also wanted to just let you guys know, oh, I know what I was going to say. See, it popped in my head. I was going to say that us living the simple lifestyle is also very much a part of us being able to be home. You know, it all, I'm a simple girl at heart. I don't crave to have a lot of things. I don't really care about decorating my house. Sure, I like cute little nice things or whatever, but I do not spend at all like hours you know, we watch these HGTV shows and we crack up because we're like, um, you know, how much time and money is put into making your house look just so or whatever. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking about the HGTV show, Steve, this morning. And I was thinking while I was in the shower how when we lived in our old home, we renovated our bathroom. And the amount of time and the amount of effort and energy and hours I spent on the internet looking for like the right sink, what's it called? Faucets. Mm -hmm. And then we moved and it didn't even matter. <laughs> we don't even think about those faucets anymore, right? So I think about- I think we sit in this office, I'm, I'm looking at the walls and I think the base coat primer is on the walls. That they're yeah, we don't even have real paint in our office. It's like the this house was built and whatever they put on it was there right? This yeah. primer? Is no, even... We've never painted this room. And we don't care. We're like, okay, you know, it's what goes on inside the walls, not how the walls look. But really, I was thinking about that this morning with the bathroom. Like, it just goes to show, you know, how we can really get wrapped up in things that don't matter. Like, my investment of time and money in a sink faucet, which first of all, really is what? To wash your hands. Like, it's not a big deal. And then we don't even live there anymore in that home. So I don't even get to enjoy whatever faucet we picked out. But, you know, we get like that. All of us do. We get wrapped up in all these details. And that's why I crave the simple life. And that's why I want to live the simple life. Living simply allows me to focus on what's more important. And these days, that's raising my family and being home with them. You know, if I had to keep up with the Joneses and I had to, you know, worry about the paint in my office right now and um, worry about having the perfect decor and the perfect car and the perfect clothes and whatever it is then I would probably have to go out and get a job because I wouldn't be able to afford to do all those things. But we're like good with the paint that's got all kinds of marks on it as I'm looking around. Thank you for pointing that out. No <laughs> and we're good with... I hope it's not going to cause me to have to... No, I don't care. And we're good with like, you know, just trying to focus on what things are going to matter 10 years from now, what's going to matter 20 years from now, and what's going to matter into eternity. Not just all these little details that we can get caught up in. So as a one-income family, living simply, I think, is really at the core of that. It's... um. All of, it's all about who I am, you know, desiring not the things of this world, but the things that are eternal and focusing on God and focusing on people over stuff. And that really definitely is at the core of um, being able to be a one income family. So that was pretty important. And I was forgetting to say that. I'm glad you said it. Considering it's the Simply Living for Him podcast. So anyway, speaking of living simply, if you want to know more about living simply, if you want to live simply, if you want to get away to a place where you can think about nothing except God and enjoy some beautiful views and peace and quiet, why not join us on the Simply Living for Him retreat this summer? It's just for ladies, but it is not just for homeschoolers. So many people ask me that. It is for all women of all stages of life who want to learn a little bit more about living simply. Our theme this year is Jesus is Enough. 
and we're going to talk all about how he is enough for all of our needs and how to be content in Christ. And it is in uh, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. It's in the most beautiful setting. We're going to be surrounded by just beautiful views, spectacular sunrises and sunsets, and wonderful Christian fellowship. We're going to have worship time, prayer time, and it's just going to be a beautiful, quiet time of rest. So registration is open. Go over to simplylivingforhim.com slash retreats and register soon. Register as soon as you can because the lodges will fill up and um, you will want to make sure you secure your spot. I want to thank Apologia again for sponsoring our podcast. Please visit them at Apologia.com. Having a sponsor makes it possible for me to keep this podcast going every week. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review the podcast. That helps me get the message of living simply out there to more people. If you um, listen to it on the blog, or you see the posts on Facebook, please share those as well and let your friends know about the Simply Living for Him podcast. Um, Steve, do you have anything else to say? No, I wish I had more to contribute (laughs) to this podcast. All right, so you'll just have to go to Instagram and follow me at Simply Living for Him over on Instagram because I like to share little snippets of our home life here. And sometimes you get to see Steve putting on little concerts and stuff on the Instagram stories and being silly. Um, So join me over there. Also, go follow Steve at Farmhouse Studios. That's Farmhouse, H-A-U-S, Studios. Um, and he's on Facebook. That's our. That's his graphic design business. He's on Instagram, and he is so incredibly talented. You guys have no idea. He is so talented. So you need to go check out his work, and you can share that um, those pages as well with your friends. All right. I'm I, blushing. He's Even blushing. <laughs> All right. So we are going to go now because. Um, the kids are inside after playing outside in the snow. I promised to make them some soup. I gotta go check on my chickens and make sure they're not frozen out there in the snow. And um, until the next time, I wish you guys blessings and joy. <laughs>